As a reminder to all of our Empaths Without Borders listeners out there, Sarah and I are not mental health professionals. Although we're professional in other ways. <laughs> and this podcast is not meant to be clinical advice. Uh, this is just our own perspective and our own inner work that we have done. And we hope that you enjoy regardless. all of our fans mom dad <laughs> yeah i think you're right I that's think, pretty much it i think it's just sarah's mom and dad that listen <laughs> this is sarah mori and i'm joined here tonight with my sister-in-law jen c reardon <laughs> i was trying to think if i should say my favorite sister-in-law Ooh, <laughs> oh, that might be contentious <laughs> anyway we have a big announcement to make Woo, 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 woo. So we've been recording under just the seven of us, and that was kind of like a spinoff of my blog and so on, and we talked about just kind of every little topic we wanted to, but as we've been chatting and we love having like mm, psychological... Yeah, a little bit of like psychological, philosophical discussions, we were, we've really noticed that we're both empaths. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we talk a lot about that and and learning boundaries, and we're both really growing in that area and learning a lot. And we both, as an empath, you realize empaths are big feelers and they want to help everybody, mm-hmm. and so they're often the ones with no boundaries. I've often been called a bleeding heart liberal. Yes. Um, and yes, I. Sometimes feel like I don't know how to say no. Yes, that's one of the keys. You take responsibility for other people's feelings, actions. You want to rescue. Um, So we were joking the other day (laughs) that we should. We really are empaths without borders. Yes. Um. Our mission is a little less maybe noble. <laughs> we try As, to be noble. We're a little bit less. Well, yeah, I think that our intentions are noble, but maybe the outcome is a little bit less noble than something like Doctors Without Borders or, engi- <laughs> or Engineers Without Borders. But it's the same concept, I think right? there's just a lot more empaths without borders out there. Yes, I agree 100%. So we are launching our brand new podcast series, which will officially be called empaths without borders yay woohoo let's do it we'll do a little wine uh clink to that um, so there's not a whole lot of structure we're gonna talk a lot about boundaries and empaths and all of the feels all of that but we also want to dive into social issues like we have been mm-hmm. just random things nutrition nutrition alternative health i think that so when i was making the you know, website or the, um, I guess the prompt for this podcast, it asked what category we should put ourselves mm. in. And I think I said, oh, we can't be labeled. I, I know that's, I was very stressed out about it. Um, cause I, I agree. I also think that we can't be put into 
a box with right. what we talk about. I think that I ended up saying that we were alternative health, okay. um, which I think couldn't fall under a lot of the stuff that we do talk about. Cause we talk about things like, you know, um, having, yeah, like obviously like having better boundaries, but also kind of doing a lot of internal work. Yeah. Um, obviously we talk about like nutrition and like social issues. And I feel like all of that is really important for, um, having like a whole well-being of health if that makes sense like a very holistic view of your health is having just a lot of the pieces the moving pieces kind of like coming together so yeah I agree I think a lot of the inner work that we both have been doing is fairly alternative because it's not like your traditional you know like it's just about communication or Mm -hmm. something like that or pop a pill yes really working on yourself like everything in one way is about you and how you're processing it and the power that you do have to change your environment around you so exactly and so I'm very excited to officially be a co-host yes because I think that before I was kind of like oh yeah like I'll come and help you Yes. And and so I'm really excited um, that I get to like be an official co-host with you and that this like little rebrand is gonna, you know, be very like inclusive of us both because there's a lot of things that we're both really into and I'm really excited to do this. So, so aside from not really having any specific topics, we do have, we will be splitting our podcasts into two categories. Okay. Yes, we will. Latte, yes, podcasts and wine podcasts and wine podcasts. So each mm-hmm. podcast, we will be letting our viewers or listen. I guess you don't view <laughs> listeners. Our viewers. Li- sorry, yeah, we'll we'll call them listeners. Our <laughs> listeners know if it's going to be like a wine topic or a caffeine topic. Yes, absolutely. And we have a, we have generated a list, and hopefully we can. Um, Go cover them in a cohesive way that makes sense with whatever the, um, if it's a caffeine or a alcohol <laughs> podcast, um, hopefully it'll make sense. We're still, we're still synthesizing the list and trying to figure it out, but yeah, so we will have to, and this is a wine podcast. This is definitely a wine podcast, mostly because Jincy is always helping us. <laughs> <laughs> Empath without borders. Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> What is this? Maybe this is an intervention. (laughs) Yeah, what is this? You're supposed to be helping me keep my borders. (laughs) If I ever need anything, I can ask another empath without borders to Uh, help me. Oh, geez. Get me out of this pickle I've gotten myself into. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm just kidding. Chinsy's very, very helpful to our family. Um. On one hand, we consider her our eldest child, which technically you could be. I could be. She yeah. was embarrassingly born the year I graduated from high school. Yeah, I could be your child. Yes. Um, and our youngest child could technically be your child. Yeah. Ooh. He yeah. Could be my grandson. He could be your grandson. <laughs> Ooh, how does that make you feel, Sarah? <laughs> super old. You're not super old. <laughs> anyway, Jensi's here helping us with the last effort, big effort push to move into our brand new house. 
Yay! That we acquired just Monday evening. It's Saturday now. And we didn't know we were closing until 1 o'clock. And the closing was at 3 o'clock. And we've just been working like dogs to get into the new place, stage our old place. And so we're kind of just celebrating at the end of like 16 hour work days, mm-hmm. hauling things around. And now today was like a buying spree. Yeah, I was not here for a big portion. Actually, I was not here for any of the portions of the That was smart. The See, work. You're learning. See, already. I'm learning. I wasn't here for any of the work days. I did I was here yesterday um and I helped a little bit with I mostly set up your guys' tech. Yeah, she was tech support. I was tech support, I guess, um, and moral support, I guess, while people and also I gave my opinion on, you know, this would look better over here and this would look better over here. So also interior design. Um didn't do a lot of the heavy lifting though, I but I put you to work cleaning the other house. Yes, I did do some cleaning today. I feel like it wasn't too terrible though. It was like, it didn't really I take. I kind of went easy on her. You, you did. It's, it's okay. I'm really running, <laughs> I'm really running out of steam here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hence the wine. <laughs> Hence the wine. I do have a mini topic for tonight. Okay. It's kind of related to being an empath without borders because I just wanted to talk about how often I override my gut sense with stuff and I do something anyway. Kind of just to say yes Mm -hmm. and to people, please. And sometimes just to be like, well, you know, obviously it's uncomfortable to say no. So Jincy knows the story, but I had recently, well, backing up a minute. For the past 10 years, I've run Airbnbs. Yeah. Should we like give an introduction of like our background in history? Like who we are as people? We should. I like your, we'll get back on the topic. We'll get back on the topic. Okay. So Sarah, really quickly. So for people who don't know, what, like, what is your background? What is like, (laughs) we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Um, No, we do. We have a lot of time, but no, like, so, you know, cause you have a really interesting, you're in a really interesting position with work right now. Right. Because you did, you did have, you've had a lot, you've worn a lot of different hats as yes. it were, right? And that's kind of my thing. Like I have to have lots of different things happening. Otherwise I get stuck and I get restless. So yes, I, my brain is like, I need like five things going at one time so that if I get tired of one thing or get stuck somewhere, I can quickly switch to the next thing mm-hmm. and keep being productive yes. and efficient and then and I think creativity. Mm-hmm. If I were just trying to do one specific job or thing, I'd quickly get stuck, frustrated, and then I would be like, there's nothing to do. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so. Absolutely. I jump around a lot, but. So what was your, what was your bachelor's in? I actually have a bachelor's degree in environmental science with an emphasis in biology. Okay. So I do think it ties. A lot of it. Nicely in. And. I did some of that work for a few years before I had kids. Mm-hmm. And then While your ex-husband was going to school, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I got pregnant with Sawyer, I became interested. I, I guess I always was pretty crunchy. So I clearly was interested in natural birth. And 
my ex-husband was raised in a family like his mom was a labor and delivery nurse and she was all crunchy and she was a breastfeeding co- consultant. So it was just a really natural, like, of course we're going to have a baby naturally. And mm-hmm. I took a Bradley class and then I had him and it went like textbook. It was just like the best um, Maybe like experience en- ever. Like enlightening. Very like, enlightening. Oh, like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. It was like, well, it worked and mm-hmm. it worked like it was supposed to work. And it was extremely empowering. I think that's the, the bigger thing. So, Ooh, I like that word empowerment. That's a good word. If you've pushed out a baby naturally, you quickly realize you can pretty much do anything in life. Yeah. Like I mean, anything. I have not pushed a baby <laughs> out of anywhere. <laughs> so I, 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 I can't confirm. Um, I can imagine. And I just really love that word empowerment. So, so after a few, then pregnant with my second son, I heard of this magical thing called a home birth, which I had no idea existed. And I had him at home, which then drove me to become a childbirth educator. And then when I was having to learn that, I was required to attend a couple births that weren't my own. So I did that and then I got hooked on being there and like helping women through these empowering experiences. And my lactation experience with my first kid was so hellish, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I learned like everything you could learn. And so then I wanted to help moms again, empower themselves to be able to feed their babies if they wanted. And so that kind of all ties in. And at the same time, I was learning about, oh, food actually influences your health. And wow, this is amazing stuff. And it all ties together. Yeah. It's just like, of course, if you eat healthy, you have a healthy pregnancy, then you're more likely to have a a really easy labor. And then you're more likely to breastfeed. And then just it's a great cycle. So I learned all that, but mostly just stayed at home with our kids. And I have been largely a stay-at-home mom for 18 years. Mm -hmm. So recently, I've kind of relit the flame of actually having a consulting business with all that. And I've learned energy work. So we'll Mm -hmm. be able to talk about Reiki and energy, which is super fascinating to me because it's just like, I feel like all this builds on each other. Like you learn about one thing and then it just opens the door to the next Mm -hmm. holistic thing. Meanwhile... 10 years ago, I started running an Airbnb and I realized it was pretty lucrative mm-hmm. and I liked it because it was like attached to our house and we were meeting a lot of hipster people that were into the movement. It was kind yeah, of Yeah, because it was when Airbnb was first a thing and it was, it, it was kind of for the, like the cool people, definitely. It was very hipster. Yeah. And like, do you want to... I was about really meeting people and connecting and like having a unique experience. And I really enjoyed that. And it just kind of was an easy way to do all that. So when we moved to Cheyenne, we looked for an investment property to do that. At first I was really hesitant and kind of felt roped into it because I was like, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore, but it's just been really profitable and I don't know. We'll have to talk about this topic sometime because it's not necessarily like, oh, this is my passion in life, Mm. but it's kind of something I'm figured out how to do. And I'm 
pretty good at it. So then you're like, well, why wouldn't you do something that you seem to do well? Yeah. Versus like, if I woke up in the morning and I was like, you know what I want to be today? It wouldn't be a property manager. <laughs> no. Yeah. I wouldn't say, I mean, I don't know if there's very many people whose dream it is to be a property manager. Or if any, if any of our listeners, <laughs> if that was their dream, I would love to hear from you. Um, yeah. It is one of those things though that you kind of fall into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, well, I'm pretty good at it. And, and cause you were talking about how, you know, you like having kind of, you have to have a lot of things going and it's something that you can do that doesn't, it's not a huge, I mean, it is a time commitment, right? right? Cause you have to clean and like do all the laundry I do my cleaning and my own laundry, but like the laundry it's like a four hour work week type job though. Yeah. Like it's cause the laundry is kind of in the background. So you can like put the laundry on while you go do other things. And it's not like a huge time commitment really. No. Um, yeah, so I think I think it so makes sense. I that love you working fell into it into that. like now I have this small business that's also really flexible, and so I'm just weaving these things into each other, and it's like my day can be really varied mm-hmm. depending on the day. <clears throat> but I started taking on friends' houses to manage, mm-hmm. and that's going well, and so. I've just accumulated properties to do and it just seems to be working. It seems to be working really well for you. So that's a little bit of my background and that will tie into my little story with Chintzy. Chintzy. Also, so we call, Sarah calls me Chintzy because her youngest, Axel, when he was a toddler, he used to call, say Chintzy. 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 Um, which is not chintzy the word. I'm not a chintzy person. Um, but that's kind of, that is kind of my nickname amongst the family. <laughs> um, yes, I'm listening, Sarah. What's your background? Okay. Um, so I have a very, I also have a kind of an interesting background around where what I went to school for is not necessarily what I'm doing now. And I fell into something mm-hmm. And I kind of found my passion. So in that, I think that we're that's true. We're pretty similar, right? Where we, I guess, I had this like mentality of um, I need to have everything figured out when I'm like 16, 17 years old, and you know, my dream was to become a doctor. I was like, I want to become a doctor, and I, you know, and I was thinking about this somewhat recently. I don't know if I necessarily wanted to become a doctor because it was something that I was like really passionate about or because somebody, some people had told me like, well, you're really smart mm. and you could become a doctor. Like you have the potential oh, to. Interesting. And re- yeah, shut up, Sarah. <laughs> and, you know, and it, it did kind of make sense because I, I wanted to help people. I knew that. Um, and I guess I didn't really know that there was like other options. And it was kind of this thing like, well, if you're really smart, like, and you are really good at science and math and such, being a doctor kind of seems like the logical step. So um, with that in mind, I went to college and got my bachelor's degree in chemistry. Um, And I also added some minors on there because why not? Why not? I was there for five years anyways. So my minors are in um, physiology and then molecular biology. So kind of all like I got like a pretty good mix of the, quote-unquote hard sciences um but then in the meantime 
starting when I was 16, I started working at a residential treatment facility for youth and um, kind of fell in love with it. And, you know, all through college and then once I graduated college, I continued to work there in various different capacities um, and kind of just fell in love with doing um, like mental health advocacy work uh, and really trying to help other people boost their own mental health and work through their own issues and kind of in the process of that, um, I, I did a lot of work on myself because it's really difficult to help other people with their issues if you're not also willing to work on your issues. Which is not obvious to, I think, a lot of mental health professionals. No. And obviously, mental health professionals aren't meant to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I think that if they can acknowledge the things that they are trying to work on. But yeah, like, it's it's very it's very interesting because I've worked with a lot of people that um, worked at this facility as a way to get their own needs met rather than being there for, Mm. I guess, wholesome reasons. Not intentionally. I don't think that they were going into maliciously, you know, trying to, you know, do harm. Um, and they didn't do any like lasting harm necessarily. Um, yeah, they, it just, you know, it is, it is, it's not something that's super intuitive for a lot of people. Um, it's like, oh, I'm going to go help those people and never like reflecting on. Yeah. Or like thinking, like being mindful of what your intention is. Like in any interaction that you have with any person, right? There's, whether or not you recognize it, there's, you have an intention. There's something that you are getting out of it or something that you're trying to achieve or something that you're recognizing, like not maybe not recognizing, but something that you're, um, that is like benefiting you in some way. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of inner work kind of through that process. And then I was still, you know, thinking about, going to med- medical school, took the MCAT a couple of times. Um, so stressful. I struggled so much studying for that. It's an absolute beast. And um, a lot of it just wasn't, I didn't feel like it was super applicable to being a doctor. I know that's going to sound weird. Um, but a lot of like there was a lot of physics on it. Mm-hmm. Like who needs to know how to measure the projectile of a tennis ball being thrown? Like which doctor needs to know that, right? right? Um, and so I came to this conclusion after kind of a mental breakdown <laughs> that I really wanted to go into mental health work and specifically kind of social work um, and get a master's in social work because it's a very diverse degree. You can do a lot of different things with it. Whereas with a master's of counseling, um, you know, it's a little bit more rigid. There's, you can't, you kind of can just be a counselor or a therapist and um, that's kind of it. Whereas with a master's of social work, I could work in different nonprofits. Um, I could be a therapist if I wanted to. 
Uh, I could work in hospitals because you can't actually work in a hospital with a master's of counseling rather than um, in social work. And that may be different for like other places in the country, but especially for like Wyoming and Colorado, you really can't. And so then I started looking for uh, different programs in social work. And I just so happened to find this amazing program Mm -hmm. um, in Colorado that is a dual master's in social work and public health. And so I just started that. This is like my second week. And so far, so far, so good. So far, so good. (laughs) Um, I I think it's a really good fit for me. I think that, you know, it really blends together a lot of the analytical stuff that I got from my undergraduate degree with the public health and also kind of fits in the mental health piece with the social work. Um, I did have a little bit of imposter syndrome, I will say, Mm. like at orientation, I was sitting at my orientation table and just thinking, man, these people are so much cooler than I'll ever be. Um, yeah, but anyway, so that's kind of where I'm at. I am really passionate about mental health and also, um, social and political equity, I guess you would call it. Um, so we can definitely talk about that. I am kind I'm I definitely would classify myself as like a democratic socialist. <laughs> so I'm sure that I'll have lots of opinions about a lot of the stuff that we talk about. So yeah, so that's kind of my background. And um, I'm sure that as I'm going along in my degree, we can talk about some of the things that we talked about yeah. in, my, in my classes and it'll be fun. See what you're learning. Yeah. So yeah, so anyways, okay. So your story with the Airbnb. Okay, so we'll just do it quick. We're gonna try to get this under 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. But so I started managing properties. It's going really well. Someone found me on uh, next door to be like, hey, does anyone know how to run this? And well, first of all, I finally learned my lesson, A, of like people always want to know how to run an Airbnb. And I've always just been so like open, like, oh, here's, I know so much about it. I'm going to tell you everything I know. For free. For free. <laughs> okay. That's a big problem. So we can I, unpack that later. We can unpack. That's <laughs> a big one to unpack. And so just as I was kind of starting to learn that this lady wanted me to come over and talk to her. And so I was really trying not to give her a lot of free information, but enough to let her know that I'm really good at it. And I am knowledgeable, I guess. Mm -hmm. And she kind of, I still gave her too much information. And then later on, she wanted to hire me. And just the whole time I was having this gut feeling like this isn't a good match. We're not really clicking. I'm a very big people person. I have to click with someone and be like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I love this person, which probably is another red flag. Another thing whatever. to unpack. <laughs> Let's just make a list. Okay. <laughs> Sarah's issue. <laughs> but she wanted to go ahead and hire me and I got her some guys in there right away. Long story short, I just like the past couple of months, I'm like, oh, I know this is not a good fit. I should just back out. But Another big thing is like, I made a commitment. And Mm. so no matter what, it doesn't matter. I committed and I should never back out of a commitment. So she fired me the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Literally 
yesterday. <laughs> you were very, you seemed very chill about it though when you were talking I mean, because I've been it. doing a lot of inner work and I didn't take it as personally as I would have. Yeah. Or like have all the shame. It was more like a lesson for me that had I just trusted my gut with this, mm. I wouldn't have gotten fired from something I didn't even want to be doing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And then to I me. got myself into a pickle and I did nothing wrong, but she accused me of a lot of weird things, like mm-hmm. basically stealing money from her. And you thief. I know. <laughs> and, but I, I even was able to, like, she was texting me all this stuff and I just called her. I'm like, we're two adults. We can talk through this. I don't think this is a good fit, but I want to make sure that you understand that what you're saying did not happen. Yeah. And, and I have the receipts that it didn't happen. And I also don't want to work with you, even if I can convince you I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a huge moment of growth, but I still kind of kick myself for not listening to myself to begin with. Yeah. How many lessons of that do you have to learn before you actually do it? Sometimes a lot. <laughs> I can confirm. 45 years worth of Oh, that. Sarah, that's not giving me any hope. <laughs> but you're so much more enlightened than I was at 27. Oh, gee, Sarah. Well, I'm sure that we'll have lots of stories for our listeners um, related to some of those yeah. situations and times or maybe we could have handled things better and... Um, definitely set up some better boundaries for ourselves because it's something that we're both still really working on and it's definitely a skill you have to practice so once you realize you don't have any it's not like oh I just turned around the next day and did it exactly so we have to sign off we have 45 seconds oh no before (laughs) it will stop recording very awkwardly so (laughs) we are going to try to commit to doing this almost weekly almost weekly we'll see how my schedule goes but almost weekly yes yes and i think we just have to get it on the calendar and do it instead of like absolutely so this has been our very first introductory episode to empaths without borders we are really looking forward to this journey we're going to get into lots of hijinks and um (laughs) i'm really excited i like hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it all right thanks for listening